the Psalms in the book of Habakkuk, um, and different people have interpretations of what it means, but essentially it means this, um, pause and reflect. So when you're reading through some Psalms, uh, you know, David may say a whole load of stuff, and then he says, see there, and that just means pause and reflect. And so what we want to do this morning is uh, do a see there Sunday where we just pause and reflect on this series that we've been in over the last 12 weeks, uh, which is our Family Value Series. And if you've missed any of the weeks, then it's always uh, available online via the Family Church app uh, or via our website. And you can listen to any ones that you've missed out on. But we've been journeying this through, uh, for 12 weeks. And so what I wanted to do is get some different people up here this morning. And so we have... Who are you? We've got Janice. We've got Godwin... Andy and Daphne, uh, who are going to share with us this morning. Um, but before we dive into any uh, questions, and what they're not here to do is preach or anything like that, we've just asked them just to share um, on some questions that we're going to throw at them. Um, so be really encouraging as they um, share this morning. Um, but we're going to look at the 12 family values, just quickly run through these, just in case you've missed a week. Um, or you fell asleep during one of my messages. Obviously, that never happened, but maybe it did. So let's just flick through these. We are starting off with Christ-centered. So we are Christ-centered, committed to keeping Jesus and his kingdom at the center of our lives and our church. These are our 12 family values. We are commissioned, living passionately to share the gospel locally, nationally, and globally. We are disciples uh, growing into all that God has called us to be, continually transformed by his word and by his spirit. We are empowering, equipping disciples to serve God in all spheres of their life. We are uh, Bible-believing, walking in the unchanging truth of God's word, resolved to never add to it nor take from it. We are spiritual, acknowledging the, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, being filled, empowered, and led daily. We are worshippers. These are things that are vital to us. We are worshippers, passionately praising, intimate in worship, hungry in God's presence. We are family. This is one that we looked at last week. Celebrating our diversity in culture and age. Committed to developing healthy relationships. We are, servant, we are servant-hearted. Serving one another and the purpose of God in our generation. We are community-minded, being the hands and feet of Jesus in our local communities. We are responsive. Amen? Amen? We are responsive, constantly responsive and active, never apathetic and passive to God and his call. And finally, we are honorable, giving honor where God says it is due. So the first question um, that I've got for you guys this morning um, is simply, as we journeyed through these 12 family values, for you, um, which one stood out the most um, and why? Let's start with Daphne. She's like, oh, wow, oh, no. <laughs> You're okay, cool. Um, so uh, for me, the one that stood out the most um, was we are disciples. Um, and I think the whole fact that growth or growing well and growing healthy is intentional. So um, we are called to be disciples, but in that we also need to be discipled. So when Pastor Steve was like asking, who is discipling you? Like, <laughs> that was a time to pause and be like, okay, who is discipling me? Who have I intentionally asked to actually have spiritual input into my life? And then also for the things that I'm um, growing in and I'm learning, who am I pouring into? Because 
it it's it takes intention like you have to be intentional about these things it doesn't just happen like by mistake growth doesn't happen by mistake especially when it comes to uh, spiritual things so yeah for me that that's what stood out that for me to be a disciple um, I need to intentionally uh, pour into people around me but also allow others to pour into me that's yeah. right Godwin so for me um, the one that stood out the most was we are spiritual so um, I love the fact that there was when you preached that message, there was two posters. There's um, flesh and the spirits. So um, I thought, okay, um, I need to be led more by the spirit, not the flesh. And um, as well, you also mentioned the fact that in the morning when we wake up, we should ask the Holy Spirit to lead, to lead us and guide us. So I thought, um, yes, yeah, so that's something that I've in influenced to my day when I wake up in the morning and just ask to be led by the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that we don't wrestle against um, flesh and blood, but principles of qualities. So if we don't um, ask for the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us, yeah, so just I think for me it just makes it easier, and, and that's what the Word of God calls us to do, to, to be led by the Spirit. So. Love that. Thanks, Robin. Um, Andy, same question to you. What, what one stuck, stood out to you? Well, I'm going to probably do a bit of a, a cop-out here. I think the, the, the reality is... is All of them were brilliant. <laughs> All of them were brilliant. Exactly that. But it's, you know, I think each, each um, sort of like message that was spoken about, and th there was something that layered up each time that you kind of listened to it. And I think that the, the overarching thing that kind of came about, and I'll probably talk about it a bit um, during, when, when you ask more questions than that, but it was... It was about the renewing of my mind and just kind of having that um, kind of like seeing things how God would see them and seeing people how God would see them. So it was, it was probably more of an awareness and a, and a layering up um, of, f from all of those values that, you know, we kind of, kind of focus on here. So, yeah, it was, yeah, renewing of my mind was the thing that came through the strongest for me. I love how God's bringing out different things, you know, and we can all sit and hear the same messages or the same series and God highlights different things for the Holy Spirit. What about for you, Janice? And for me, worship. That is what I can do together with the family. That's what we can do together. And I've always understood that there's not really a lot that we can... Um, give to God, apart from our lives, but we can give him worship, and we can do it together, and that's what I really enjoy, and what I got out most. So we started off, let's stick with you, Janice, we started off with um, Christ-centered, and I said that, you know, none of the values have a priority, but really that one does in the terms of, you know, everything we want to begin and end with Jesus, and, um, you know, one of the things that I often say when talking about who Jesus is, is that a lot of people love the concept of Jesus as saviour and how he saves us, but uh, not a lot of people like the concept of Jesus as Lord. Um, and I wonder, why do you think that is and what, what is the difference in the way that we live, do you think? And there is a big difference. To me, the difference is having the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I know the Holy Spirit draws us and we come to him um, in salvation but 
there's a difference in being filled with the Holy Spirit. And that, what you just said there, Godwin, about asking the Holy Spirit to fill you first thing in the morning when you get up and lead you and direct you is so important and yet something, and, and very often I think it's because we are not correctly taught. That's a bit of a... But we are not correct <laughs> from, when we, from when we first became saved. And for all of us, it's at a different time in your life. Um, <clears throat> and it is a wonderful thing to know that we don't have to do this life on our own. That he is with us. And we will have difficulties. And you know, when we became Christians, if, um, <clears throat> if it had been told to us that it's not going to be easy, because it's not, is it? And we all have different time, difficult times. But if we know that the Holy Spirit is there yeah. to help us in everything, after all, he's the comforter. He's our guide. And it doesn't matter how old you are and at what age you approach him, that um, he knows just where you are. And, and I just love that fact that the Holy Spirit uh, is a very present help in times of need. Mm. He's a very present help when things are going well, yeah. but he's just a very present help. And as my old school teacher used to say, woe betide <laughs> if you forget to ask. That's brilliant. Love that. that. Thank you, Dennis. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> Andy, we talked on another week about being um, community-minded. And I know that you have been involved in a lot of the community outreaches and events that we've done over the years. What is it that um, you personally enjoy about being involved in those events? But also, how does what we do potentially lead somebody to a knowledge of Jesus Christ? Because essentially that's what we're looking to do for our community outreach. I'm obviously, I'm conscious that there's an awful lot that goes on Monday to Friday, and there's a lot that goes on regularly. But you're right, Steve. I've been involved in a number of different things over a number of different years, and that can be kind of like Easter events here. It could be um, sort of like Christmas giveaways, which we're doing in a minute. Um, well, after the service, um, it can be sort of like um, you know the, the the family fun days, and uh, yeah, and, and you just think, yeah, it's a real privilege to be part of that. And, I, and I, you know, hopefully, I'll kind of get that. Uh, um, across in, in, in a minute but yeah um, as I said there's an, well, I'm aware there's an awful lot more that goes on um, during the week that you know I, I haven't got personal experience of but what I have got personal experience of is those things which I've which I've been involved in over the years and you know and uh, what I love and I was chatting to Steve a week or so ago about this what I love about um, being involved in stuff like that is that it's all about our own skill sets now you know I might not be great at front of house stuff but I'm good at other stuff and and you know and I really enjoy being part of those events that um, kind of give a blessing uh, to other people and, and you're, where you're serving other people um, but yeah and, and I think you know, our, sometimes we view our, um, our our limitations as a barrier, but that that really isn't the case. You know, and as I said, you know, we you know, we've all got strengths and weaknesses, and 
you know, and just being involved in just those community events which I've been involved in, you know, I found personally a real, real blessing from that. And, you know, we are the hands and feet of Jesus, as you were saying in, in, when, when you spoke about it. And it, we are the hands and feet of Jesus at this time. Um, and, you know, and if, if we're not doing it, we're, you know, we're not, um, you know, we're, I, I, we're missing out. We're the ones that are missing out. So, and, you know, and I think we're surrounded by need. And as, as Steve, as you were saying, you know, we, we don't do it just because it's, you know, it's fun to do, though, you know, it is fun to, to be part of those things. But there is a purpose behind why we do it. And, uh, you know, we're, we're surrounded by need, whether that be at home, whether that be with our friends, family and, and kind of work settings and that, we, we, you know, we're, we're surrounded by need. And, um, you know, and our community is no different. You know, we are surrounded by need here as well. And uh, uh, it was, it was, yeah, it was really good. I, I, when, when you spoke about it, uh, Trish, who I work with, um, we were having a really good conversation about this afterwards. And um, and you know, I think what kind of really struck home uh, was about being, you know, robbed. You know, when you talked about the Good Samaritan, that's where I'm leading on to. It was, it was talking about the Good Samaritan, and uh, you know, and, it's, and and you know, we kind of associate that that story with. X, Y, and Z, and what happened, and we all know the story, but I think it became really real, you know, kind of came a real modern twist to it when you spoke about it, and it was, you know, people are robbed of love and people's time, uh, friends, you know, and I think, you know, in a world where, you know, kind of like social media is kind of like the norm, and people live, you know, a life through, vicariously through kind of like um, social media, and and I think that was, you know, kind of like people, you know, living a half-life almost, you know, th- through that. And, you know, whether people have kind of had their pride knocked or their substance dependency. You know, the, the, what people are robbed of this day and age, you know, of, you know, of hope, you know, they experience loneliness. It, it's different to what, you know, um, you know, what we kind of imagine sort of like the, the Good Samaritan thing was. But, yeah, that really struck home. And it was like, but that's our need that we, um, that we, we have presented to us you know, within our community here from a family church point of view. So when we're doing, like, the Christmas giveaways and the, the, the Christmas events, you know, which we've got, you know, next, you know, Sunday's time, um, and, you know, we're doing, you know, like, the fun days that we've done before and that. And it is, it's just showing some kindness to, to people that otherwise might not ever have that, that what an example of what, what what kindness is and what what being you know a, a, you know a fellow person that's journeying their life with them and that and and I think you know I mean I, I love the film um, uh, with oh gosh it name escapes me now um, Finding Nemo no it's not Finding Nemo <laughs> um, it, where where the ark is you know um, um, Evan Almighty Evan Almighty yeah yeah and uh, you know where you know where they they talk about the ark and it's the uh, you know the um random acts of of kindness um and uh, you know sometimes just the stuff which we do whether that's you know you know helping out an event or just having a kind word to somebody makes make, it's the start of a conversation um and a, and a journey we're all on a journey and uh, and we've all messed up and we've all kind of got you know a, a story to tell and just being around um community events and and activities like that is is our opportunity to kind of um, yeah, make, make it make a difference. So yeah, I love the point that you make about everyone has a role to play. And you know, I want to really encourage you when we talk about 
doing community outreaches and events. So maybe you look at some people and you think, oh, they're, they can so interact with people that are new that they don't know, and I can't do that. Every single one of us can play a part somewhere. And it may be that you're doing something more practical, but actually it plays to the overall picture of us reaching out to our uh, community. And, um, you know, th this, um, doesn't this look great, the Christmas stuff that's been, been done? And uh, just as you were talking on, on Wednesday night, there were some people who are amazingly creative. And then there was Andy and I. And uh, <laughs> we can stand up a ladder and put something where it's meant to be and then re-pull it where we actually should have put it in the next <laughs> place. Um, and it was a great picture of people playing to their strengths of what they can do. Yeah. And so the people being creative, doing the creative stuff, the people who are practical, doing the practical. And every single one of us has a part to play when we go out and reach out to the community, but also in the house of God. Whatever God has skilled you with, however God has created you to be, you have a role um, to play. Um, Daphne, we spoke about being um, Bible-believing, and uh, Mark Ward did a great message on that. I know that the Word is something that you're personally passionate about. Um, you know, we've journeyed with you, you're in our connect group, you're passionate about um, the Word. What would be, you know, maybe there's some people here and they're saying, next year in 2023, I'm really going to get into God's Word, and, but they're thinking, well, I don't know where to start, I don't know how to go about reading my Bible. Um, what would be some just some practical tips that you would you would give to people? Um, so I think to start, it's the um, your mindset towards the Bible or your why you're reading the Bible is very important. Your why, because then that will give you the fuel to keep going. I think um, our main focus as we read the Bible is to grow in the knowledge of God. Is to know God. Um, the Bible says that we were translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of Jesus. Like we were born into the world, and so nobody has to teach us about how the world functions. But we were born into the kingdom of Jesus that we have never been in before. So we have to learn about the king that we serve, and then learn about the ways of the kingdom. And God, in his graciousness or mercy, has given us his word and has revealed to us himself through his word. So. As we read the word of God, it's to know him. And as we know him, we get to know who we are, we get to know our position, the authority we have, all those things um, come together. But the main focus is to um, know God. And so even as you read the text, you're asking the text, you're asking the passage, your story, whatever you're reading, what is this showing me about God? You know, what attribute of God am I seeing in this? And then you're also understanding the audience, who was God speaking to? Like in the Gospels, you know, Jesus can be speaking to the Samaritan, uh, the Samaritans, no, the Sumerians, and then speaking to Pharisees, speaking to, you know, his disciples. Those are different audiences. So you, ha you, you look for who is Jesus speaking to, what um, attribute of God is uh, the, the passage telling me, and then maybe is there an instruction, you know, what is he saying? So that could be um, a way to start off. But in terms of practicality, I would encourage, I mean, we're in a digital era now, <laughs> but I would really, really encourage you to get um, a paper-based Bible, like a, a physical Bible, <laughs> because then that allows you to like really interact with the word. Like I know you can do it like on an iPad or whatever, but I think when you have the, um, the physical Bible, it really helps slow down your mind and you're like reading 
and engaging and asking these questions. Whereas sometimes, because you're on a screen, your eyes hurt, you're tired, and all of that. So I would really, really encourage each and every one of us to have a physical Bible and in a version that you understand. There are so many versions out there, but get one that um, you're able to understand. Um, they're like Thought for Thought, which is your NLT, your NIV, which is easier to read, like a story. And then there's also the Word for Word, which people, I think, enjoy um, studying with. So your NKJV, your ESV. So have a look, maybe like on the Bible app and see what is easy for you to read and then you can purchase one um, and then uh, people like most people have a plan <laughs> when they're reading the bible so they would want to go through the bible chronologically so like how uh, the stories are placed i think in a like in order of events some people just go book to book genesis exodus Levit, like how it's ordered out Others read characters or word, word studies. Like, I think you try a few until you find what you like. I personally cannot read the Bible, like, book to book, like Genesis, and then we move on to the next Exodus. Like, by the time I'm halfway, I'm tired. I'm like, nah, this is boring. <laughs> so I prefer to just um, read a book. So maybe I'll read a book in, in the Old Testament, and then I'll read a book in the New Testament, and then just keep going back and forth like that. Other people love the order, but I would really encourage to have a, a plan, especially as we go into the year. You can say, okay, I'm going to read maybe those books that I, I've heard of, but I've never read. <laughs> so you're like, okay, I'm going to challenge myself to read numbers, yeah. And then Leviticus, you know, those books that are... <laughs> that maybe have a break in between numbers, <laughs> Leviticus. Like, go back to John for a bit. Go, and yeah. Then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> so keep it going, because sometimes we get so familiar with certain parts of the Bible, but actually all scripture is God-breathed, like all of it is important and all of it is relevant to our times, so we need to know all of it. So yes, go back to those uh, texts that you're very familiar with, that you enjoy, that speak to your heart, but also challenge yourself to read the difficult parts, you know, the, the ones that you don't understand. And, be f and faithfully show up. I remember when I started reading the Bible, I think in 2017, 2018, like seriously reading the Bible. Um, I wouldn't understand half of these things I was reading. Like I would read, but I'm like, I don't know what this is. But I just kept going. And over time, it's making sense, you know? <laughs> when I come in, Pastor Steve preaches about a scripture, I'm like, oh, I know that. Like I know where to find it. And I've read about it. So when now he explains it, it's like a whole different text i'm like yay but it's because i've read it and it's in my heart it's there and now when he uh, speaks about it i'm just like relating stuff so um yeah have a plan and of course before you read ask the holy spirit to guide you sometimes you may have a plan and the holy spirit will be like nope I want you to read this. Please don't ignore the Holy Spirit because you have a plan. <laughs> Just uh, follow what the Holy Spirit is telling you. But there will also be those times or those seasons where he's not saying something. And that's when you go back to, the, to, your, to what you have been doing. So the book you've been going through and you faithfully um, uh, read the book or read the passage. Because sometimes in those seasons, because we're not hearing what God is saying or because it's a difficult season. We just put the Bible away altogether. And something I've learned spiritually is that in the physical, when, we are, when, you, when someone invites you to their house and you know they're going to cook like a very nice meal, you make sure you don't eat like junk and stuff like that because you're preparing yourself to like really have a nice meal. 
But when it comes to spiritual things, you have to eat to get hungry. If you stop eating, like if you stop feeding on the yeah, word, <laughs> you will not be hungry. And then a year will pass by and you'll be like, oh, I didn't open my Bible this year. But so train yourself to faithfully show up even when you don't want to, even when it's difficult, because then the hunger will grow. The more you read, the more hungry you get. And um, lastly, read your Bible in community. Do not read your Bible alone because it, some things are difficult. Um, some things need context, and you may not know all of that. But when you have a community that you're reading with, you're able to learn different ways of how to read the Bible. You're able to understand context so that you don't read things out of context. Um, and you also have people that inspire you to actually be in the Word, that teach you how to be in the Word. I think this is where I will plug in, join a connect group, <laughs> or start one. <laughs> but yeah, join, um, have someone who maybe you, you, you know that is a, um, reads their Word and you're inspired by them and ask them, you know, for maybe an hour in their week or whenever they're available to read with you so that you grow and you learn and also have people that you're teaching. So maybe for parents, your children, when you read the text, understand it that you can explain it to a young child. Because then when you step into the world and you go to, and you meet unbelievers and they have all these many questions, because you've understood the text, it won't faze you. You know the God you're talking about. You know the, your king, like you know the savior. You're able to explain it to them without Bible bashing them, but really taking them along the journey of God, like and what he has done and his will and his kingdom and all of that. So yeah, I hope that makes That's sense. That's amazing. Thank <laughs> you so much. Yeah. So if at any point in 2023 you're struggling reading the Bible, reading the Bible, um, let us know. We'll give you Daphne's phone number, <laughs> and uh, she can help you through it. No, that is gold, Daphne. Thank you so much. So much wisdom within that. Um, Godwin, what, something that Daphne said earlier was about, um, you know, discipleship, and that thought of who is helping you grow. And we talked about, you know, us helping other people grow, but who is helping us grow? Um, why do you think it's so important to have good godly people speaking into our lives? And what, what's your experience of it? I think for me, it's very important to have um, godly people around us just to sh help sharpen us. And for um, in times where we may feel down in a set area and having someone to speak and encourage one another, I think, is really important. I've got two verses here that um, maybe will break it down in a way maybe I'm not able to express it. So in, um, oops, I've lost it. In Thessalonians 5.11, it says, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. And then in Proverbs 21.17, it says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. So I think it's really important to have godly people around us to, to, to help us sharpen each other. So even I'm the type of person, sometimes I feel like, okay, I could just go by myself. And, but in t then, then there's times I'm like, no, that's, oops. Let me stop. Siri wants to jump <laughs> in on that <laughs> So yeah, in times, there's times I'm like, no, that's a bit selfish. It's good to interact with one another, like we're all a family. So even in this, the season where they're quite challenging and it, as I'm speaking about the challenge that I'm going through, and I always finish by, I know God is gonna do it. And yeah. it's, I'm actually encouraging my own self yeah. and then listening to, the t to 
the person I'm talking to, the person's testimony, it's just, it just, it just boosts me up to, to, yeah, because I know God's goodness and God is faithful, God is good. So I think it's really encouraging and very important to be surrounded by, by, um, by godly people. And it's just helping us to stay sharp and to stay on the narrow road that God is calling us to go on. Otherwise, sometimes we may drift, drift away. I think it's always good. We may have family or friends or church family. And it's just important to, to have people around us in times where we may be struggling or in times of need of having that uplift, back uplifting, um, yeah, back to where we're meant to be spiritually. So. Love that. And you are that for many people as well, Godwin. And as, as people are for you, you are also for other people. Janice, we talked about... You don't need to look so scared. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, <laughs> we talked about um, being servant-hearted. And uh, when I look at, look at you and Tony, I see you as really people who know what it is to be servant-hearted and love other people in your lives. Do we agree with that? Good, because... Number one, it's true. Number two, that would have been really awkward if you'd all been silent <laughs> at that point. Um, but you do. You, you epitomise to me what it is to love other people in community, what it is to serve other people in community. So, you being the expert, um, what are some of the ways that we can, we can practically serve one another? in love in, in the context of church community? How to practically serve one another in church is the hardest one. Um, and I thought about that quite a bit. And, but I think, as I was talking it over with Tony earlier, the handshake or the hug is number one when people come into our church, mm. or whatever you feel that they need, some might not need a hug, <laughs> but whatever you think they need, again, it's listening to what the Holy yeah. Spirit is saying to you. Um, just making people feel at home, making them feel that this is where they belong, and um, just going all out to make that be, be normal, if that's your normal, be normal. But just have people to your home. And I know a lot of people don't uh, uh, kind of maybe go along with that. But may, I'm, I'm feeling to say, to explain, you know, we've been, we've been Christians for a, a long time. And I know there's lots of people who have been Christians for a long time. Uh, but we had our first years in Africa as, f for, as Christians. And a lot of, we had to learn our etiquette and things like that there from missionaries, from people who had maybe been there a long time. Now, when I was living in England, all we had for meals and things like that was family. And so it, it could be slapdash, it could be, it was lovely, it was family. And so when we got to Africa, they didn't do it slapdash. They didn't. And I took my lessons from what they did. And there was candle. Now, please don't be offended when I say this, but there was candles and there was flowers and 
the best uh, when we went to dinner. And I got to understand that that's how it happened. It didn't in my home in England, but it happened like that there. When I went to um, one of the local people's home, they brought out the best of everything. And I was very humbled by that because I thought, I'm sure they can't afford it, but how come they're bringing out? So when I then, and it looks like I'm name dropping and I'm not, it's just to paint a picture. We then went to live in New Zealand for 10 years. <coughs> and they, um, when they asked you for a meal or I asked them for a meal, I did it like I was used to, with the candles, with the flowers. And I thought uh, they would love it, not knowing that they were very, very intimidated by it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't realize why we were not being invited back. <laughs> and we weren't. But when we went to their houses, we went for lunch. And we went with the children. And we had peanut butter sandwiches. And they'd made fresh scones. And it, it was just home. And that's how I liked it. But they still didn't invite me back for a meal <laughs> in the evening. So I decided, well, I know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to have anybody again for a meal. If they don't like it, well, they can lump it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it anymore. And I didn't. I didn't do it for two years. And then I went to somebody's home who had a profit visit. Being young and being unaware of what a profit was, I um, just enjoyed listening to this person going around individually to all the people who were there, everybody, and giving them a word. But he didn't give me one. Uh, and I thought, that's odd thought nothing of it and a couple of weeks later he was back again and um, the lady whose home it was in she said would you like to come again and I <coughs> I, I did I wanted to go uh, and I went by myself this time uh, Tony didn't go with me because he was a little bit more reserved <laughs> and he went round everybody again and not me so I went up to him and I said, I am not going to go until you bless me. I said, I'm going to be like Jacob and hang on. And he just looked at me with a very strange look on his face. And he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, daughter, this is what the Lord says to you. Bring out the fine china. <laughs> bring out the... Bring out the the, the linen, bring out and do it as unto me. Wasn't that wonderful? So, people will come for dinner and they'll say, well, this is nice, this is nice, and I will, not always, but most times, tell them that little story. And I'll say, well, as far as I'm concerned, Jesus in you has come for dinner. And I, I can't really think of anything more complicated than that. Yes, going out, visiting, handing out the presents and things today and having the fairs in the summer and all of those things, they are all wonderful. And that's what we do as a church. But as individuals in the church, 
We have to make people feel at home and loved and valued in our homes. Thank you so much. So much, this is great, so much wisdom within different personalities and what you bring out, I love it. Let, let me just end with this, this question um, for each of you, really, um, and just brief answer in terms of when we talk about family, we ended last week with We Are Family, you've just talked brilliantly, Janice, about what that looks like in part. You know, we talked about the fact that we're an imperfect family and that all church communities are imperfect and we know that. Um, but we know that there's also a lot of strength. So I just wonder for each of you, and I haven't asked you to say something, but, but what would be you know, a couple of words or something that comes to mind about what you are thankful for in terms of church and why church is important to you? Let's start with, with that thing. Uh, for myself, um, what comes to mind is family. Um, being coming to a new country as an adult is is a challenge <laughs> and i remember when i came and hearing all these stories that my mom was telling me about how people in family church supported her through you know her journey with ryan it really blessed my heart but also seeing that for myself you know coming here and Sheena, shout out to Sheena. <laughs> um, really welcoming me into her home. And you know, like, I remember even like my first birthday in England, she and my mom um, like organized this whole dinner. And I was like, oh wow, like I hadn't experienced this before. You know, like people really bringing you in and journeying with you and caring for you. Like for me, that that is what I'm very very thankful for, and even on my like throughout my journey um, with God, I've had different people that have come alongside me and walked with me. You know, taken out their time to walk with me, to pour into me, to speak in, like to speak to me and tell me who God says I am when I've mm. forgotten, when I'm afraid, and things like that. And I'm very very thankful for that because parents. As like natural parents or in our natural families, we do that for our children, we do that for our siblings, but sometimes in the spiritual family we forget that we are actually a family. And so I'm very grateful that I'm in a, a place where people did that for me. Yeah. What about for you, Andy? I think um, you know, the, the idea of family is, is just somewhere where, where you feel safe and you know, it's somewhere you know, that I, I can do life with people. As I said, I'm part of uh, a connect group, and and that that for me is is really important for me to kind of be alongside people that where you share life and journey and how things are, and um, and sometimes it's you know it's deeper than other times. It's, it could be superficial and other times, but isn't that the same with any family? You know, there, there is that kind of like that understanding that. <laughs> You know, we journey together, and we um, and we're all at different stages. I, th I love that analogy last week, Steve, when you had your your kids up on the on on the on the screen and that, and you just think, yeah, we're all. That didn't happen, Grace and Evie. That didn't but yeah, we're all we're all um, different, you know, different kind of like experiences, and we're all um, um, we're all, but we've all got something to contribute, and I just think that is just so so important. And and you know, one thing when I was kind of preparing is that um, you know, it's like from what from one chronicles, and this kind of like is really true to this is everything comes from you. All we're doing is giving back uh, what you've 
been given, what, what we've been given from your generous hand. And, yeah. and it is, it's like, you know, we're part of a family and all we're doing is partly giving back to, to what has already been given to us. And, you know, we kind of journey with people and, and just have that, that sense of community where we can, yeah, it, you know, God is no man's debtor. He, he, he doesn't, um, you know, it, it, you know we, we, when we get involved and when we're kind of engaged and when we're supporting our family, um, yeah, it, for me, it's like, it really, is, is it, it shouldn't be this much fun, but it is, you know what I mean? And it's, and it is, it's really great to be around people. And yes, there's, and, you know, as we've said this morning, there's tough times and there's, there's difficulties. None of us are immune from sort of like difficult times. But um, yeah, it's um, even, even in those um, sort of like tough times, you know, it's kind of like uh, something that kind of like came to mind um, is that God is always in the boat. Even when the storms are there, God is always in the boat. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's, he's there and uh, yeah. And, and just to know that we're, we're surrounded by our family in, in, in church and we can kind of journey alongside that is, is, is great. Thank you very much. Godwin, same question to you. Um, for me, is yeah, we actually on, this, on a Sunday, we really look forward for Sunday mornings because it's such a, a blessing to come around, uh, along to church and, and see everyone and... I'm sure you guys have noticed always the one of the last ones to leave on a Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's just it's just, just so amazing. Even um three years ago, three, four years ago, when we were looking for a church and we find a church, it was just it was such a blessing. We, um then at the time my wife was not going to work, so she uh, she should take um my daughter to Todd and Toys. So it was really it's really been a blessing because being here not knowing what well, our family are all abroad, so well or far away, so being able to be in a church and be treated as a family and loving one another is, is, is exactly actually what God has called us to do and it's, it's amazing. That's brilliant. Thank you. Last but not least, Janice. And I just echo really what you said, Godwin, that is beautiful. But we used to sing years ago uh, an old song which was, I love this family of God, so closely knitted into one. They've taken us into their hearts, and I'm so glad to be a part of you. And I'm just so grateful uh, to, to be a part of this family. And I look forward to Sunday as well, to come and see as many as you can. Um, and talk to as many as you can. It's wonderful. But uh, to have you, Steve, as yeah. our pastor, to me, is just the most precious thing. But our hearts. And Kirsty back there. And um, to have you in our hearts and in our lives is very precious and we thank God for yeah. that and for you. Thank you. Well, thank you. That's, that's very humbling and I promise she was not paid or asked <laughs> to say that just to 100% clarify that. Um, thank you. That's, that's very humbling. Let's just give these guys a massive round of applause and you guys can take your seats. Thank you. And um, do you, know, do you know, one thing that came through, just as you guys were sharing, um, was just this thought of family, and as you put in, you get out. And I just want to encourage you that maybe you sat in and think, well, that's not my experience. I haven't got 
what they've got, what they were speaking about. I, that's not what I feel in my life. And maybe one of the challenge to you is just simply to jump in and get involved, whether that be in terms of some sort of serving, whether that be connect group, just having somebody over for dinner, all the things that we talked about last week, that as you give, I believe you're going to gain a hundredfold return. Well, we're going to go into a time of uh, communion now. And I thought it'd be a great way just to wrap up our morning and just as we talked about being family, um, we want to share communion together. Let me just share a, a couple of verses um, on this. And um, Nimi and, and the guys, if you could just clear um, the stage or a couple of people and then the, uh, the worship team are going to come up and we're going to finish by um, declaring how great is our God as we finish the morning and then we're going to go and um, serve our community with the giveaway. Um, but let me share these verses, 1 Corinthians 11, verse 23 to 26. That as we take this moment and the communion cups are uh, on your table, if you need any more of them, please um, just wave to the hosting team and we can get you um, one of those. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 26, Paul writes this. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night that he was betrayed took bread when I was reading this this morning that so stuck out to me that on the same night knowing that he was about to be betrayed on that same night he took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and he said take eat this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me in the same manner he also took the cup after supper saying this is a cup of a new covenant in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes again. A couple of things that stand out from those verses, just two words, two powerful words. And the first one is remember that Jesus said, when you do this, do this in remembrance of me. When we take bread and juice when we take uh, what's in these and the, the wafer and we we do it it's not something that we do just because oh you know let's do communion we haven't done it for a while it's not something we do as some kind of religious ceremony we do it in remembrance of what Jesus did for us that's what he said every time you take communion and can I encourage you you know a great thing to do is Janice talked about having people over for dinner and, and just spending time with people a great thing to do throughout the week take communion with one another that just seals who we are as family and when we do that whether that's in a church service whether that's wherever you might be we are saying we remember what Jesus did for us and we're not going to take for granted what Jesus did for us that he died on the cross now that can be so simple, that can be such a throwaway statement, but he died. He was whipped, he was flogged. They spat at him, they mocked him for your freedom and for my freedom. So we remember, but also it says this, as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes again. Do you know what? When we take communion, not only do we remember, but we're declaring. We're declaring because Jesus died, I am free. Because Jesus died and rose again, death has lost its sting upon my life. Because Jesus died and rose again, death is not a finality. So the people that I've known and loved are now rejoicing with King Jesus for those who place their faith in him. For us, we can know that reality. But also it's a present day declaration. 
that when we take communion, if we're suffering with illness or pain in our body, we're able to take communion and say, Jesus, I believed that by your stripes I am healed. And as I take this communion, I'm declaring and I'm proclaiming that that healing, which is already done, will begin to manifest itself in my body. And it's an act of faith. It's a declaration of faith. It speaks of forgiveness, of healing, of wholeness, of freedom. So let me just pray for you and worship team. You can just come up and take your places. And then we're just going to begin to declare how great is our God. And as the worship team sing to us, feel free to stand or feel free to just stay um, seated as you take communion. And let's just allow this to be a moment where we just seal this series, but also we say as a family, we're going to take communion together. We're going to remember and we're going to declare. Heavenly Father, I thank you that in these moments, as we take communion, as we minister to and as we minister to you, King Jesus, I thank you that there will be that sound of remembrance within us, Lord. Father, let us never take for granted what your Son has done and achieved for us and how much it cost you. But Father, that may also be a declaration, a sound of declaration within us that we say, thank you, Jesus, that I am free, I am forgiven, I am made whole. Lord, in this moment, we repent of anything that is on our lives, Lord, not with an Old Testament repentance of mourning and sorrowful, but Lord, a, a New Testament change of thinking, a renewing of the mind as we spoke about earlier, Lord. But we don't want to live in the ways that we have before. So Lord, as we take communion as well this morning, this is a fresh start for some in this place, Lord. Thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit. Thank you for what you are doing in and through our lives. Let's just take communion in these moments and worship team you just begin to lead us in this moment